Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you guys for loving us and letting us come here and share in the family things. This is an awesome church, an awesome church. It reminds me of our church. Such a blessing. We love your pastors, and, and uh, they're very dear to our hearts, very. We think about them all the time and talk about them all the time. We have witnesses here, and uh, we, we love you guys so much. Thank you for letting us come. We appreciate it. Okay, let's get right to it. Open your Bibles to Isaiah 55, and we're going to start with verse 10. I told you I was going to tell you how to move a mountain, so I'm going to tell you how to move a mountain. Amen. So, but let's, let's use our verse. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth that shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish to the thing I send it to. Amen. So the word of God right now is being sent into your heart, so it's going to prosper you right now. Amen. It shall not return void. It will do what God sends it to do. So what's it sent to do? It's sent to put faith, sent to cause faith to rise up on the inside of you. Then the force of faith will actually bring manifestation in this realm in your life. Amen. So let's say tonight that you're using your faith for something particular, maybe healing in your body, maybe a new car, maybe money for school, maybe... Um, a house, or maybe you're believing God for a child, or your new assignment, or a breakthrough, whatever it is. Let's say you, you're, you're a church person, you come to a good faith church like this, or one of the other one calls churches, and you read your Bible, and you meditate the Word. These are all things that make faith rise. Amen? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? But let's just say that the mountain hasn't moved. And you might be tempted to say, well, I guess I don't have any faith. Or my faith isn't working. That just may be tempted. You may be tempted for that to come out of your mouth. I want to show you something. Look in Matthew 17, 14, and I believe this is really going to help us. Matthew 17, 14. Say glory when you get there. Look, this is awesome. They're there. All right. And when they came to the crowd, a man came to him kneeling down. Now, Jesus has just come off the uh, Mount Transfiguration. And and here we go here. It says, uh, he came kneeling and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and grievously vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said, Because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. For truly I say to you, if you have faith, like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be moved from here to there, and it will move. And nothing shall be impossible to you. However, 
This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let's just look at the story here. Let's just think about it. Some people think they don't have enough faith. You have faith, church. You've been given a measure of faith. You have the same faith as Kenneth Copeland. You have the same faith as Brother Hagin. You have the same faith as John Holler, as Eric Holler, as Heather Holler. You have that same faith. You've been given a measure of faith. And Jesus said, if you have a little bitty faith, you can move a mountain. That's what he said. So if you're not getting manifestations, it's not necessarily that it's a lack of faith. It's unbelief, like Jesus said here. So your unbelief, are you with me? Listen, man. Your unbelief can counterbalance and short-circuit that faith until you get rid of that unbelief. Do you see that? It's possible to have faith and have unbelief at the same time. A lot of people don't teach this, but it's the truth. So what we see here is that Jesus comes back from from the Mount of Transfiguration and a man is asking him to deliver his son and the disciples have tried and they've failed. And what's Jesus' reaction? Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. Notice he didn't say, oh, guys, I'm so sorry I was gone so long. Everybody come here now. Let me take care of this for you. No, obviously, Jesus was disappointed. Obviously, he had trained these disciples. He had given them authority, and he was telling them, this is unacceptable. The truth is, is that we have the same power, and we've been taught how to use it. Probably almost every person within the sound of my voice right now has been taught that they have power and been taught how to use it. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, what happens is most believers will just, um, they lower the standard by saying that the supernatural has passed away. But you haven't, because you haven't been taught that. You don't believe that. You know that we're living in the supernatural realm. You know that things are possible with God. So we don't have that excuse. You know, like I told you last night, people should be coming to us for healing and blessing they should be coming to us, not, not, not just to the doctors and the government. They should be coming to us. We're the ones with the power. So the disciples, they have this success, and, and they've had good success, and now they've failed in a manifestation. And so they're asking Jesus why they couldn't cast that devil out. And I think that's a valid question. I would, hey, master, help me. Teacher, help me. I, I, what, what happened to us? In fact, they were probably having about 100% success. I mean, they were doing very well. They were just going after it. Then all of a sudden, boom, this happens. When we ask the question, why don't things work, there's usually two main answers, and both of them are wrong. One is God is sovereign, and whatever will be, will be. Que sera, sera. Those of you that are under 30 will explain that to you later has to do with a lady named Doris Day. <laughs> anyway, you know, the, yeah, uh, you know, well, God is sovereign. God may be sovereign, but he never goes against his word. And what he said, he will do. Yeah. 
And he said that he gave men dominion. So we have the power and the authority in the earth. And then the second thing is people say, well, maybe you just didn't have enough faith. And that can't be right either. That can't be right. We, we totally know number one's right, but sometimes I think that, that we actually think number two, well, you know, maybe it's true. Maybe my faith isn't working. I know that there have been times and I've come up in my life and I've thought, is my faith ready for this? Is my faith ready for what, what we're about to do? But when I began to study and understand this, it all cleared up. My faith is ready. The, the, if the word is, is in me, and I'm standing on the word and believing the word and that force of faith is on the inside of me, then there's not a problem there. Amen. So what we need to do, it, just, just listen to this, Matthew 17, 20, or you can look at it if you want to. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have a little bit of faith, grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it's going to move and nothing shall be impossible to you because of your unbelief. Then he said, mustard seed here, so your unbelief can actually short-circuit the faith. It doesn't require big faith. Remember when they were upset because uh, he told them they were going to have to forgive? And they said, increase our faith. <laughs> they didn't like that. And he says, if you, if you have just a grain of a mustard seed of faith, you can say to the sycamine tree, I could just see them right then saying, I'm sick of mine. Are you sick of yours? <laughs> you know, but if they had enough, they could, move that, they could move that sycamine tree. So they had their faith, but they got to looking at the situation. See, that boy was doing some serious stuff. Have you ever seen anyone have an epileptic fit? If you have... It's serious, and <clears throat> it's quite something to view. So they get to focusing on what they see. And so there you have your faith, and there you have your unbelief, and they're opposing forces. So unbelief uh, counteracts the faith. Instead of trying to get more faith, deal with your unbelief. Now, let me see. I'm going to need some volunteers. Where's my officer? Where are you, officer? Come forth, big brother. Okay, here comes the mountain. Dun, da, da, dun. Face the audience here. Okay, Brian, you come on this side. Let's see here. Hmm. What are y'all laughing about? <laughs> okay, Jeremiah, you come, come be on this side. Now, you're a powerful guy, so you won't mind plain unbelief, okay? We know it isn't so, but he's just plain unbelief. Now, just grab his gun right there. <laughs> Woo! And you, you grab that gun. Now, if faith was going to move this mountain. Now, don't fight us, unbelief. Don't fight us. <laughs> don't you fight us either. <laughs> you go with us. So let's say faith starts moving the mountain. Move the mountain. Now, come with him. Come on. Come on. Now, come on, mountain. Come on. Okay. But if unbelief 
is pulling at the same time. See there? You get my point? The wagon isn't moving. The mountain isn't moving. Give the mountain and the two faith and unbelief a hand. Thank you, gentlemen. You've got those opposing forces. Now, what's happening here? What is this unbelief? It's your five senses. See that? It's your senses. They saw something. It, it freaked them out. Can I say that here? It just freaked It was too much. Um, so Smith Wigglesworth, you know who he is? He, he calls a woman down. She's got a big tumor in her stomach, and he, they help her down, and they're holding her arms, and, and um, he says, let her go. And they, the two ladies that are helping her come down let her go, and she falls flat on her face on this tumor, and it hurts. And he says, pick her up, and the whole audience is going, oh. You know, they're, they're hurting over this. And he says, let her go. And they're like, we can't let her go. We can't let her go. This is going to hurt. We can't let her go. Let her go. And so, bam, she hits the floor again, falls on that tumor. It hurts again. Oh, she just feels horrible. And so they, they pick her up again. Pick her up. And she says, let her go. And some man in the back hollers out, you cruel man, you. You stop treating that lady like that. And he said, you shut up. <laughs> and he says, I know what I'm doing. Let her go. And when he let her go, she hit the floor. It hurt. She got back up and the tumor fell off. Now, what's my point? If Mr. Wigglesworth would have paid attention to the crowd, she would have gone home and died. Because it didn't look like it was going the right way. And that day when they were trying to get that kid delivered, it didn't look like it was going the right day. Now, I've watched Brother Copeland do this. I watched someone have an epileptic fit, and I watched him cast that thing out, grandma seizure, and he cast that thing out, and it was gone, and that person lay very still. And in just a moment, I saw something rise back up, and, and he just looked down and pointed his finger and said, no. But if he would have gone, oh, no, it didn't work. Are you going with me? Walk with me. Walk with me. Come down the trail with me here. See, walk with me down here. See, what's happening is we're looking, we're, we're studying these things out with, with our five senses. Now, your, your senses, your five senses are, are wonderful. They're not evil. You've been trained to use them. But in faith situations, you have to learn to look with your sixth sense, with your, the eye of your faith. And so you can't depend on what's going on in the flesh around you. Well, pastor, all the other churches are doing this, this, and this. Well, that doesn't mean you're called to do it. You can't judge by what's going on here on the outside. Amen? So what we have to do is we have to be aware of where this unbelief is coming from. And there are three kinds of unbelief. Number one, ignorance. Ignorance is when you just don't know the truth. And then when you're taught by good teachers and you understand the right thing, then you're going to start getting results. Number two, the second kind of uh, unbelief is called disbelief. And that's when you've been taught a lot of bad doctrine. Don't go over there with those faith people. 
Don't, you know, you better not, you know, you better watch out. You better be balanced. What, with fear and faith? Well, how's that a balance? You know, so you better watch out what you're doing. No, that's not how it works. Amen? So when you start getting the right doctrine, you know, well, healing passed away. Well, that's not true. Healing didn't pass, well, miracles passed away. That's not true. It's not true. Jesus, is, Jesus has already healed you. He healed you 2,000 years ago. And healing is sitting in your spirit right now. Anything that attacks you comes from the outside and is a dark intrusion that you can speak to and the light in the life of the Zoe life of God will cause it to leave. But see, we start looking at the symptoms. And that day they were looking at symptoms. The third thing there, the third is what I wanted to get to. It's natural unbelief. It's when you are judging by your senses. You're looking at your senses and, and you're looking at taste, touch, smell here. And you're, um, you're having trouble believing what's really in your spirit. The real truth, the truth about things. And church, unbelief is very subtle. People don't often recognize it. And you start focusing on what you can see. I mean, what happens when you get a pain? Half the people in the world go immediately and get on the internet and see what they're dying of, you know? <laughs> or they start watching the commercials that tell them, if you take this pill, you could die. Consult your physician right after you die. <laughs> you know, things like that. Don't take this. It will cause your tongue to swell and you'll start choking. Call your physician. Hell, doctor. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. You're just looking at, and listen, pain is very real. And it's one of the hardest things to deal with when you're in pain, not to focus there. But what we have to do right there, I'm going to show you what to do. We, we can conquer this. Absolutely. You, listen, listen, listen. You cannot be tempted with anything that you're not thinking about. If you don't keep your mind on it, you have to learn down to cast down imaginations. Amen. See, Abraham didn't study or ponder or deliberate or examine his own body or Sarah's womb. He didn't go, well, now let's see. Mama's not doing too good. She's too old. And then last time I checked, I was 100. He didn't start thinking about all that. He didn't start lining up his thoughts with how this miracle couldn't happen. He didn't study, ponder, Deliberate and examine. Study, ponder, deliberate, examine. Let's get the books out this morning. Uh, uh. Study, ponder on how you going broke. Deliberate, get in here, we need to talk about it, we're failing. It is good, isn't it? Study, ponder, examine how we're gonna, what are we gonna, 
you're in for a battle. That's what the devil told me. You're in for a battle. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me at the same time, "Um, the Lord fights your battles. And I said out loud, devil, I'm not in a battle. And boy, the pain left my body right then. Get ready for a battle. Church, the enemy talks to you in your first person, in your voice. Y'all get that? He's talking to you. He's, he's the one that makes you think that you're failing. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to do it. But see, he didn't ponder. Abraham didn't ponder uh, that she was past the childbearing days. It, the thought crossed his mind. It doesn't matter if thoughts cross your mind. It's what you're considering. Remember what Brother Hagin used to say, those of you that are old enough. I have to qualify that nowadays. He used to say, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to let them nest in your hair. And that's so true with thoughts. That's not my thought. I will not fail. Well, listen, you better go out and borrow some money and get umpteen interest on it because you're going to go down if you don't go do this right now. That's not my thought. I take the debt-free word that was just preached in here. Amen? See, you're going, you, have to, you have to not be pondering on these things, considering these things. Just because an occasional contrary thought comes on your mind doesn't mean that you're unbelief, but it's when you consider, entertain, study, deliberate, examine, and ponder, you're going to be tempted. Now let's get to the nitty-gritty here. (laughs) This kind comes out by prayer and fasting. This kind of what? Now most of the Christian world says, well, you know, it was this kind of demon. This kind of demon only comes out by prayer and fasting. Uh, Oh, really? Church, this kind of unbelief, not this kind of devil. Don't give the devil that much credit. At the name of Jesus, these demons bow. What's the subject? What is he talking about here? This kind of unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting. Now put your tomatoes up before you think I'm going to make a call for you to (laughs) go fast. But I'm going to show you something. When you get your senses under control, under the control of your spirit, when you get your body under the control of the spirit, it will believe you. You with me? So, you know, if if body just does whatever it wants to, we're going to have Oreos every day and... And we're going to watch whatever we want, do whatever we want, no, 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 no. And and your body's just in control and your senses are just in control. And you don't ever tell them no. Then when you're sick, they're just going to shout at you all the time. This is it. It's over. We're just judging by this. But when you begin to tell your body and your soul that your spirit's in charge, that's what that means by prayer and fasting. It's talking about you being in charge. It doesn't mean, well, if we're going to have any success, we're going to have to go and fast 
for 12 hours a day for the next six months and then maybe we can conquer this thing. No, it means get in charge. Eat some word. Feed yourself some word. Say no to something every once in a while. And of course, fast when you need to. Be in charge of your life. Let your spirit be in charge of your life. And when your spirit's in charge of your life and you say, uh, body, I say you're healed, your body will say, okay. It's the same thing with the prayer thing. When you pray, what are you doing? You're praying to something, someone you can't see, you can't touch, you can't taste, you can feel. But uh, sometimes you just have to do that by faith. You're doing that by faith, and your soul is having to bow down there. Are you with me? So then your soul, when you're praying, your soul finds out who's really in charge. You, your spirit, you are a spirit. God is sitting in your spirit. And when you want him to be in charge, your spirit has to be in charge. And then your soul lines up, your mind, will, and your emotions begin to line up instead of them hanging around and considering, well, look at there, that's an epileptic fit. I don't know if we can, I don't know why I didn't leave. But if you walked up there and your spirit was in charge like Jesus's was that day, it wasn't a problem. Uh, the doctor's report said, what? Thank you very much, doctor, but I will not receive that. I'll live and I'll not die. And I'll live without pain. All to the glory of God. And I'm going to live on a level that the world is not familiar with. All to the glory of God. And I'm not just going to live like the normal person who considers and ponders and who thinks about how we could work this situation out, but I'm going to look to God. Because the word has been fed into my spirit and I've told my, my flesh no a few times or a lot of times. Y'all mad at me for telling you that? See, this helps you, doesn't it? Because your body and your, your soul, your, your mind, will, and emotions will obey you. They'll start believing you. This kind, this kind of unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting. The devil's going to come out by the name of Jesus. Because you believe, because you have faith. And you're not judging by what just happened. Well, it didn't look like they got anything. I don't know, I can't. Like, hell, maybe. No. No. It's by faith. We believed it by faith, and we didn't judge by our senses. This kind comes out. This unbelief will draw back when you begin to stop considering, pondering, thinking, Thinking this, well, the doctors say it'll never be. And I'm going to call 15 people and tell them that. Yeah. And they're all going to agree with you. And then when we have our next dinner together, we can all talk about the operations. <laughs> Y'all know where I'm coming from. And then it says, well, you know, I don't, there, uh, there's no answer for this. I believe there is, and his name is Jesus. But we, we have to not just be uh, looking at, 
We can't just go by what we see here. We have to go by faith. We have to stop the unbelief. We have to tell it no. And one way you're going to do it is by telling your senses no. They're not in charge. You're going to move a mountain if you believe this. You can move a mountain. Well, I always heard that it was the demon would come out by prayer and fasting. Go back and look at the subject. Go back and read it through. Go back and see. Go back and read it over and over. I'm telling you, it's the unbelief. Once the unbelief is gone, Jesus walked up there without any unbelief. Why? Because he was in charge of his soul. He was in charge of his body. He told his body. He was always praying. He was always fasting. He was always not eating an Oreo every day or whatever it is that you... I guess y'all can tell I like Oreos, but... <laughs> but I don't eat them every day. And you, you know, you, this, this is what we need to do. This is how you're going to move your mountains. You can't consider the situation all the time. Abraham considered not. He did not consider. And he had a baby when he was 100 years old. Now, I don't know if you can beat that. That's pretty good. And listen, I got to tell you something. After Sarah went to heaven, he went on and had some other babies. That's some believing right there. He did not consider anything. He went right home with it. Y'all know what I'm saying, too. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Natural unbelief comes from your senses. It is not evil. But it's good to keep them in check. Fasting breaks the dominance of your, of your natural realm over the spirit. You don't want your senses dominating your spirit. You want your spirit dominating your senses. And that's about as easy as I can say it. Individually, we all have to know how God calls us to fast. Individually, we all have different levels of what we can watch on TV, what we can read. We're all in different places. Some of you can probably stand a whole lot more on TV than I can. That's something between you and the Holy Spirit. What you eat and drink is between you and the Holy Spirit. But somewhere along the way, you have to come to the place where you understand that you have to be in charge. Did you know that in 25 years, my body has never asked me if we were going to church? It gets right up, and it says, we're going to church. It's, Brandon, it's never once said, are we going again? It knows it's a little soldier. It knows we're going. It knows we're going to be there. It knows... Well, I don't feel good today. Y'all play a tape. <laughs> Y'all know what a tape is. <laughs> cool. I had to explain that to the young people at our church. What's a tape? <laughs> you see where I'm going with that. You tell your body what to do. You tell your soul what to do. You tell, you say, that is not my thought. I'm not going down. I'm going over I when you talk to yourself. 
Let your spirit, this is how I say it. This is my fancy way to say it. Let your spirit be in ascendancy. Let your spirit be in control. Let your spirit be on top. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is going to be how you're going to move the mountain. It's absolutely how you're going to move, move a mountain. And listen, I want to make sure you don't get religious or legalistic on me. Fasting does not move God. Well, I'm going to fast and then God will move. God's already moved. All you're doing is getting what is yours out of the realm of the Spirit. Everything is already yours in heavenly places. All you're doing with your faith is downloading what belongs to you and bringing it into this realm. It's all already yours. Healing is yours. Prosperity is yours. Favor is yours. Everything you need is yours. Family is yours. Your new husband is yours. Your girlfriend, whatever it is you're believing God for, your new job, your breakthrough, whatever it is, it's already yours. All you have to do is download it. And what you're going to have to do is stop looking at the circumstances and the situation. You're going to have to look around them. You're going to have to get past it. And you're going to do that by being in charge. Do you receive this tonight? Yes. Amen. Can you move the mountain? Yes. Amen. So when, when you wake up tomorrow, you be sure and tell your body that it's not in charge. You know, I have a feeling that I'm preaching to the choir because this is your fourth night and your body told, uh, lined up and said you were coming. <laughs> That's a good sign right there that you came. Amen. Congratulations. You're in charge. Stay in charge. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.